Hey, everyone. We want to take a moment to tell you about the sponsor of this podcast, Roosevelt's. You may know Roosevelt's as the company who makes those rad all-over print button-downs with just about every franchise that you love. They, of course, have Star Wars, because this is a Star Wars podcast, but they also have Harry Potter, Disney, Pixar, Marvel, NASA, WWE, The Office, Nickelodeon, Rick and Morty, Friends, all kinds of other stuff, including new lines from Yellowstone and The Godfather. And not just button-downs, but t-shirts, they do shorts, jackets, hoodies, koozies, flannels, so many different kinds of items, so many dope designs. So if you're interested in picking something up for the first time, go to rsvlts.com and use promo code THANKTHEMAKER with no spaces to get 20% off your first purchase. Once again, that's rsvlts.com. Use promo code THANKTHEMAKER to get 20% off of your first purchase. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hello there and welcome to Thank the Maker, a podcast about heroes, princesses, scoundrels, hokey religions, ancient weapons, and all things Star Wars. I'm Adam Russell. I'm Nick Yanbarian. And guest host. I, I feel like I don't even need to introduce you anymore. You've been around enough. We're just like, we're a crew of people. We're friends. People know this. Say hi, Dano. Hey, what's up, everybody? How you doing today? It's me, Dano, again. Of the Dano Channel fame. We hit Dano up, what, like an hour ago? Asking Dano to be a third host. <laughs> Maybe it was two hours ago, three hours ago. Either Tops. way, it was like three. Tops. Yeah, not not enough time. I love your response. It was like, uh, sure. Yeah, At least not? that's how it sounded in my head. <laughs> that's exactly how I said it. That is exactly how I said it. First question, Dano: Do you like Star Wars? Second question: Can you host? <laughs> yes, and maybe we'll find <laughs> out. <laughs> so, um, Ryan Keys. <laughs> Ryan Key's reason for not being here this week is something to do with a flat tire. Um, his wife's car got hit by a missile or something. And um, he's not here, but he'll be here next week. He's super bummed, but uh, he will be here next week. I'm here. You're here. We're good. We got Dan. Yeah. yeah. Three dudes. We like Star Wars. We're going to talk Star Wars Visions, Volume 2, which was amazing. Yeah. In truly. my opinion. Truly. Hey, Dano, you just finished it, basically? I just finished watching it. Nice. Like nice. right now. <laughs> Sick. Oh, yeah. I got two full. I only started watching it. What day is today? Wednesday. I think I started watching it on Monday, wrapped it up last night, and then watched it all again today. Um, yeah, I'm blown away. Like I, I liked the first one, maybe watched it twice in preparation when we covered it. But this one hit home way more. I, I There were multiple episodes that I cried. I thought they did an excellent job. Uh, really, really, really pumped on it. Dano, what do you think? You're you're fresh on it, so give us your emotional reaction. First thing that really caught me was the art styles being completely different this time around. Blew me away. Like, on the first level, without even getting into the stories of the way they were able to utilize the Force, the art style really just, of all of them, and how vastly different they were from Visions 1. They completely went in a different direction, and I loved all of it. I think the reasoning for that, according to the panel, is that they did 
move just outside of Japan. Because I think all of uh, season one, I believe, is all Japanese anime studios. Okay. Yeah. So this one, I think they they said specifically they reached out to like a different... All over just, the place. I mean, obviously there's like India and yeah. South Africa and stuff in there, Ireland. I mean, there's there's just different studios. It had a very international feel, that's for sure. Yeah. That was the coolest part to me because there, there's like so much stuff when I think about the influences of Star Wars, so much of it is just straight up like Japanese cinema. And I mean, not so much anime that, you know, Lucas being uh whatever he is, 70 year old dude, <laughs> not so much an anime dude that not really of his era, but you know, the same stuff that influenced anime influenced Lucas. So there's this like deep Japanese um, foundation in Star Wars, but there's also so much stuff when you look at like, um, I mean, even like Galaxy's Edge, it's very South Asian, Middle Eastern influenced aesthetically. There's a mm. lot of that influence, even, you know, shooting in Tunisia, some of, some of the names, some of the, the, the vibes and the styles leaked in just either by nature of it being available or Lucas kind of being inspired. Like the, mm. the planet Tatooine is just a respelling of a city called Tatooine <laughs> in, uh, in Tunisia. So it's cool to see it like coming to this level. And it also like really triggered some stuff in my head. It got me stoked because I've been for a long time, like soft writing a star Wars story that is now pointless probably because there's this James Mangold, um, Jedi origin story happening that like I was literally writing one. I've been working on yeah. it for a few years and I've been referencing like old mythologies of cultures that have never been seen in star Wars. And a lot of them are like South Asian and, you know, areas that are just kind of underrepresented. So here we are, we, we get like a full blown, like Indian culture, star mm -hmm. Wars story with like an, like a demon from Indian mythology as the, 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 yeah. the freaking um yeah that's neat the inquisitor like yeah it's, so it's cool. just so sick it just really for me shows the the more wor worldwide influence we get on star wars the stories are going to be there the lightsabers the force it's all going to be there and you can plug it into different just different cultures and the story will remain and i think it just takes it out of this this almost like i know these this is just anime and they're short films but like using the term filmmaking as a broad, you know, term, I think the further we get away from a Western storytelling style or visually, it just is going to make Star Wars seem like you're building the world, you're building the galaxy. And why wouldn't you want Indian influence or, or just other places? It just expands out of the like Western point of view, kind of. Coincidentally, I saw a clip on socials today. Um, it was from, I want to say 1978. It was Carl Sagan on Johnny Carson. And he was asking Carl what he thought about Star Wars. And, you know, it was like one sentence of pleasantries. Like, yeah, it's a, you know, great film, whatever. But then he went straight into, funny thing is though, this is, you know, in a galaxy far, far away, these cultures who, who are all connected across, across a giant galaxy, you know, it, interstellar travels a thing yet, the people at the top, the people who control happen to just be white people. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, this was right at the beginning. So, you know, not everyone fully understood what Lucas was going for necessarily with mm -hmm. choosing white people to be the baddies at the top <laughs> for, for a reason, but, you know, making them like space Nazis. But still, he made like a good point 
um, Johnny Carson was like, well, there's all the aliens in the cantina. And he's like, yeah, but notice none of them are in control. None of <laughs> yeah. them are in power. Yeah. You know, so here we are 40 something years later and doing fun stuff. It's great. <laughs> there was a really good, we'll get to it, but in the uh, spy dancer, there's a good, uh, there's a good reference. I'll bring it back when we talk about that one. Oh, nice. Well, should we um, do a little stolen plans here? And we should. Can I do some credits? Do it. I agree. Here we go. What have you done with those plans? Star Wars Visions Volume 2 debuted May 4th, 2023 on Disney+. There is a Disney Plus description. This has to be an updated one, although it's like the description for the whole series. This anthology of animated shorts from around the world celebrates the mythos of Star Wars through unique cultural lenses. There's a, there's a much longer press release description, which, I don't know, just a, a wordier version of that. I won't take the time to read that. The cool thing is, as we all know, there, there are different writer and director teams for each episode because this is international, but there are some, there are some folks who are familiar. One in particular for me, I'm kind of the same as you. Um, I never got super into anime, so there may be very well-known anime directors in here because these are huge studios uh, that I'm not familiar with. But Star Wars animation fans should recognize the co-director of episode eight, Justin Ridge, who did a ton of Rebels episodes, a few Clone Wars, and the majority of the Star Wars Resistance episodes. So that that episode, The Pit, episode eight, actually has a lot of Lucasfilm uh, connections there. Leandre Thomas works at Lucasfilm. So he was the director and, and writer of that. And he kind of, when they were looking for ideas for... Um, for season two, he passed around a script and then went and found the animation studio. That's tight. So there's also in the credits, you'll notice a lot of the voice actors and some other people that are uh, have Lucasfilm connections. Runtimes on these are 14 to 19 minutes. So all in, like a little over two hours, I guess, if you include credits. And there's one post-credit scene, so it's, you know, it's, it's not like a a chore if, if you're worried about trying to get through all of it. Yeah. It's like watching a movie it's with a bunch of little scenes. Notable stars, there's a handful, in episode two. I didn't recognize anyone in episode one, specifically their work, but episode two, the Sith mother is played by Angelica Houston, who is Morticia in the Addams Family, most famously, and a bunch of other stuff. Episode three, Kate Dickey. She was in Prometheus and the Green Knight. I didn't recognize her face per se, but, you know, big movies, obviously. The biggest one, I think, on, on some level is in episode four, Dennis Lawson voices Wedge Antilles because yeah. Wedge is this fun kind <laughs> of like celebrity character in that episode, which I thought was awesome. And I was wondering because, you know, we don't know his voice well. He doesn't have like mm. a ton of lines in Star Wars. But as soon as he was on screen, I was like, dude, please be him. Please be him. <laughs> and there he was. It is the a more... Uh, host-ish, you know, like he's hosting he a game up. show. Yeah. So it could have literally been anyone, but I'm glad it was him. Uh, Daisy Haggard in episode five as Dorota Van Riepel. This is hilarious. I mean, good for her. She works a lot. But the, the most notable credit I saw in her IMDb was the voice of the lift in Harry Potter. <laughs> okay. Just when you get in the lift, the elevator, the voice there, that's, that's her. Uh, also in episode five, Ashley Park as um, 
Era, she's uh, Naomi in Beef on Netflix. Era. 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 And also in episode five, this was a pretty stacked cast actually in episode five. The biggest one that I noticed, it was one of those voices where I went, dude, what do I know that from? And it turned out to be Daniel Day Kim, who is Jin from Lost. Yeah. I'm a Lost, big, big Lost fan. Mm. I never did a Lost rewatch. I don't know if I could. I've done it like three times. I feel like enough time has passed where I could look at it unfazed. And, I, and there would be things. So I, feel, I feel like I remember big plot, plot points, but I think some stuff would surprise me again. I think I need to do that soon. There's got to be by now like some definitive list of the episodes to watch that makes it like a quarter of the length and a companion yeah. podcast and all that. So mm-hmm. I want to find that and do it. It's been a long time for me. Um, let's see. Where were we? Um, Lambert Wilson. Six, yeah. Lambert Wilson is John in um, episode six, the Merovingian in the Matrix sequels, most famously, hmm. which was a character that I loved. Yeah, I loved mm-hmm. him. He was the one who talked about wiping your ass with silk, right? <laughs> so, like <laughs> cursing in French or whatever. Yeah. It was good stuff. Yeah. That dude's great. And Siraj Sharma as Sharuk in episode seven, he is most famously the lead in The Life of Pi. So. Very cool. Huge actor and still still a big actor kind of in Bollywood films, a big actor in, in India as far as I can tell. And there was a, a pretty, like pretty massive um, Bollywood cast in that episode. In episode eight, Crux is played by David Diggs, who is most famously Thomas Jefferson in Hamilton. And I just saw him in something on Apple TV Plus, I want to say. Oh, um... It's um, extrapolations. It's about like climate change. I think. Um, uh, yeah. What's her name's in it? Yeah, I remember him from some uh, Kimmy Schmidt episodes too. Mm. If you ever watched that, oh, he was nice. in like some of the later seasons. He's good, good dude. And then Steve Bloom, who most people will know as Zebarellios and Rebels, he plays the commander in episode eight, and. Again, within the Star, Star Wars universe, Matthew Wood as the Stormtroopers in Episode Eight. He was in the sound department at Skywalker Sound for years and did a bunch of voices, including battle droids and all kinds of little fun stuff. And lastly, Cynthia Erivo, I want to say, as Kratu uh, in Episode Nine. She was in Bad Times at the El Royale and Harriet, the Harriet Tubman film. I mean, pretty solid. Oh, you you want to know? There's one that we missed here which is good. Uh, I might have just deleted it. Look what you did. The dude from Reno 911 is, uh, damn it, this is bad television right now. But, uh, <laughs> no, I don't want it. I'm on IMDb and it's asking me to rate things. Stop it. Get, you're in my way. Get out of my way. You're adding to the bad television. In the episode The Pit, Cedric Yarbrough was uh, the older prisoner from Reno 911. You'd recognize him. Hmm. Which one is he? He's this guy. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. Dude, I was going through like quickly. He's also in Lucky Hank, which is a newer show, the new Bob Odenkirk show. Bob Odenkirk's amazing. Oh, yeah. yeah. That I great. just slept on that dude for a long time, and it was, um, I think you should leave that yeah. really got me back on I mean, he's between just the stuff people know because he's more popular now but he used to be a writer on snl mr show, mr. show. I mean, all yeah. the stuff he's he has so much to do with even you work backwards from i think you should leave to tim and eric like through he's conan everything it all bob odenkirk's just kind of secretly been there the whole time 
My dude's a genius. Yeah. He's got the best awkward comedy faces, <laughs> let alone his dialogue and everything else. It's, just, it's great. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right. Let's talk about the episodes kind of specifically. We, I don't want to do like a full breakdown, you know, but I do want to speak on them a little bit, a little bit, not a little bit. Episode one, Sith. I feel like they started this season in a similar way to season one with something like very stark, you know, it's kind of on the other end of the spectrum. This is all about color mm-hmm. versus, you know, the black and white, just grayscale and red of, of season one, but it still has that foreboding Sith presence. I mean, obviously things called Sith. I thought it was beautiful. what do you guys think? I'll let you speak first on it. Dano. This one stood out to me, like just right off the bat, what a way to kick it off. The art, the art style is what I mentioned earlier when I said the art styles are really just completely different. And I hadn't even thought about what you're saying here, where season one was just that black and white, mm-hmm. where this one is completely colorful. This one, and in the same, it is the same style of thing because you've got your lone Jedi kind of being tracked down. It's almost the same story mm-hmm. as as the the first one from season one. But this is the one that stuck out the most. Um, I love the style of seeing that new droid. Mm-hmm. But it was just like a quick, easy story to ease us into what we're about to get into with the rest of this. And I think they did really well. But again, that. This is the art style in this particular one that stood out to me. And if I had to pick a favorite, if I had to. Don't spoil it. Don't do it, it yet. Be, You're going to have to later. It, yeah. If I had to, <laughs> I would say the art style in this one is the one that really blew me away more than any of the others. Nick, how about you? Yeah, this one was, I, I loved that this is the one that started off. I feel like the story was easy to, uh, you know, very palatable story. I love the style, the color is noticeable and even on the poster for it that uh that star wars posts on instagram i'm like it's super colorful but then it just says sith like across i'm like that's interesting it all makes sense now um but i love also the the do you get the vibe that i think her name was lola the main character she the the art was interactive like she was living in the art right yeah um yeah so i i just love that some of it was undone some of it seemed like a sketch like she was walking by like almost like pencil sketches as there were there was also color and stuff um yeah i think my favorite thing which was a little like uh foreshadowing was she was going up the steps and each step turned black as she was heading towards mm-hmm. you know meeting up with the uh with the sith there which was cool um a couple of things that i uh, uh from the a lot of the stuff I'm, i'll bring up on our episode here is all from the visions panel at celebration this year um but uh the writer director wanted the he specifically for it being colorful, but he wanted the palette to be from red to orange to yellow to convey hope to darkness, mm-hmm. or I guess maybe it was the other way around. But um, it was interesting. There was very little blue in that episode, though, because blue is something a little bit more uh, good guy. But I think she's like a non-practicing Sith, I almost get. You know, like I don't think she's... Well, she's a yeah. former Sith. Yeah, she's yeah. left that So left that I still behind. think she's like sort of there a little bit. 
maybe that's why there's no Still blue has or green. The abilities. Yeah. Well, the the vibe I got, and go ahead if you have more. Uh, I mean, from from the panel, the the creator also said there's a lot of hidden. Uh, he said hidden Spain references, just mm. in architecture and swordsmanship and stuff like that. Oh, interesting. Yeah. There were a couple other little things, but you go ahead. The vibe I got was that it's hard to like get a handle on what they're trying to do metaphorically and what's supposed to be real, mm-hmm. you know? Like it seems like she's creating this space and this art with the force. It doesn't it doesn't necessarily seem like she's using paint or mm-hmm. anything like literally tactile that's meant to be that way. There's it, it was hard to parse what's meant to be just like um an artistic representation of something in the animation and what's supposed to be an artistic like force expression in the world. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Yeah. But I guess the idea is and I'm and I'm borrowing a little bit from Alex's breakdown on um Star Wars Explained, the idea that she's like trying to just be pure light side. And mm-hmm. she she wants to fully paint away the dark side in her life, which is why it's just stark white, you mm-hmm. know? And then she's trying to fill it with color, but she can't she can't help but let the darkness seep in and the whole thing becomes about balance and whatnot. And then that's why at the end, the double-bladed lightsaber, it's mm-hmm. kind of all a metaphor for that. Yeah. At first I was I was like a little taken aback by how abstract the art was. And I was thinking, yeah. am I going to be able to really get into this? Mm-hmm. And then within a minute, I was yeah. so into it. It was cool. And by the end of it, it gets, you know, once she's kind of outside, it gets a little bit more just closer to a normal normal animation style. But a couple other things that I noticed towards the beginning, there's some sort of coffee maker, right? It wasn't coffee, but it was some sort of drink maker that she was starting her morning off with that I, that I enjoyed. Um, her droid, I think, was called E2, and it sort of looked like half a Death Star with with kind of arachnid legs. And I really yeah. liked how the droid stuck out of her ship. It wasn't just a normal, yeah. like, on top, like, droid port. It was kind of to the side. Yeah. Um, that stuck out to me. And then her double-bladed saber was two colors. I don't think we've ever seen that, right? Yeah. And, and curved. The blades were kind of like yeah, curved. Yeah, curved. Opposite curved, yeah. Curved, I want to say, is maybe something I've seen in... Well, that was in episode one Maybe of, High Republic? Of volume one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, maybe that's what I'm thinking yeah. of. But uh, yeah, two different colors, though. So I think that that just shows there's a lot of like duality going on between her yeah. and where she's at. Because even, I guess, the moral of the story is that there's a little light and dark and everything, right? Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of that theme in the, this mm-hmm. whole series or this whole season for sure. I also yeah. think it's awesome. Yeah, like we've never seen a Sith pursuing a, like a former Sith like this or even heard of a mm-hmm. former Sith you know, in this capacity, not, not on screen at least. So is the idea, I guess, that he, in order to like maintain the rule of two or there's something, I mean, this is obviously not canon, but, you know, is he, is this part of maintaining the rule of two? Either he has to bring her back or kill her. I don't know. Cause the whole, it not being canon thing is just, yeah. yeah. We can make the anything up. There was two other people there were two other Sith there with him. So that doesn't, you know, even that sort of yeah. doesn't make sense. Or were they, I don't know, it's hard to say. Yeah, I don't know. And were they Inquisitors or, you know, not officially yeah, Sith? Know. Yeah, all the rules on that are kind of weird now. It is cool to think about, though, the Sith, it, like, if that is the case here, like, he either has to bring her back or kill her. It's almost like organized crime. Like, you know mm-hmm. too much. 
you can't ever just be out. You're dead or you're in, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So that's kind of sick. All right. Episode two, Screechers Reach. Um, it's four little kids and it's, it's like a straight up ghost story kind of thing. Like they tell the ghost story mm-hmm. at the top and then they go in this little mini kind of like, you know, Amblin in anime kind of a kid's adventure to yep. go see, yep. you know, you, you ever seen a dead body, you know, yeah, kind I of like, <laughs> I have that very, uh, stand by me. Stand right? by me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the creator writer definitely said it was an Irish ghost story with a twist. Oh, nice. At the panel. So okay. that's dead. That's on. perfect. Yeah. And the, dude, this one, it wasn't until the second watch and reading some stuff about it and seeing some other takes that I really understood the magnitude of what happens. Um, I'll let you guys talk first. Dana, what'd you think about this? This one was fun. This was, like you said, it gave me that kind of emblem Goonies vibe. Um, but I like, this is when I started to realize that this show, this series was going to go that more international route. Mm-hmm. Cause the second one, I was like, wait, okay. The first one was definitely more Japanese. Is, and then I'm like, is it, am I hearing Irish? Am I hearing <laughs> yeah. an accent? It's what slight, is this? right? But then they said it's, arse. It's very slight. <laughs> yeah. They, they oh, totally that was great. said arse. <laughs> I'm going to kick her up her arse. Uh, that was, that was really funny actually. Um, I, I, I don't I like this. This is different. I was like, okay, this is, this is, we're, we're doing things differently now. It, I don't know. This one is where I just had a shift on what this series was going to be. Yeah. I expected one thing from Visions One, and at this point, it started to kick in and like, oh, we're we're broadening. We're we're going somewhere different. Um, that shrieking ghoul in the cave was intense. That was like, actually scary. Yeah. Like there was, it was really intense. Uh, and, I don't know. It was beautifully done. It was a kind of a fun, different little story, and the ending kind of left you wondering, like, oh, oh. What what happens from here? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, you know, it was one of those things, like that tough decision to to leave the friends behind. And yeah, I don't I don't know. It was it was very open. It felt like very loose description of the Jedi path of you know the Padawan mm-hmm. being tested yeah. and growing, but told in a really loose way. Mm-hmm. Nick, you say your thing, and I'll <laughs> then I'll say the observation that I made. I will say. This is example one, and there are three in this season of uh, youngling being taken away from their friends or their family. And I cried every single one of those times. It's so the end, I, I enjoyed this episode. And then when she's leaving her friends to basically be an apprentice, uh, yeah, I started crying. But um, I really like the line. There are, I think Bathon says, there are worse lives, doll. And then doll replies, there are better lives. That one really struck home with me. I love yeah. that one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from the panel, the notes I have, uh, this is cool. This is like a Den of Antiquities thing. The cliffs of Kerry in Ireland are used as inspiration for the mountain that they go to. Nice. And oh. if the cliffs of Kerry don't sound exactly familiar to you, to the right of the cliffs of Kerry in real life is Skellig Michael, a.k.a. Octo. Octo. So Nice. So, yeah. That's, That's where they bring in the Irish, just Ireland in general, because the creators are, are Irish. So it's cool. Yeah. I, I, you know, this was, it was a fun one. It started off almost in like a weird child labor. I don't know how young they're supposed to be, yeah. but they definitely were working uh, early on in the, in the episode. But, um, but yeah, this was the first instance and there's two more to come where I cried because people are uh, choosing to become a youngling or a Padawan or apprentice, a Padawan, I suppose, uh, or leaving your family for, you know, for a brighter future. 
stuff like that definitely hits me. And they went for it three times in this whole series or in this whole season. Well, dude, here's the gnarly part. She's not going to have a brighter future. She's going to have a darker future. Because mm. <laughs> that, that's a Sith. Yeah. She's going to be a, she's going to be a Sith apprentice and she has no idea. Like these Ooh, kids, like the way they set it up, they don't, they don't know about Sith or Jedi. Uh-huh. And she thinks yeah. she's leaving to go, you know, escape this terrible, like you said, child labor situation. Oh yeah. Because it was a, in the cave was a Sith. Yeah. And she. Interesting. So like she goes through this gnarly situation where, you know, she, mm. she thinks it's just all in her head and she keeps repeating that. It's, it's all mm. in my head, whatever. Um, I can't remember the quote, but it was great. And then it's not. And I'm wondering like second by second as it's going, when she first gets slashed on the shoulder, I was like, wait a minute, is this going to be in her head? Or is this going to be real? And then it turned out to be real. And she killed mm -hmm. this old woman in the cave, this old like former Sith who's trapped there by whatever means. And then she takes the saber essentially like as a trophy. Yeah. I did not pick up on yeah. any of that. And then that, that, you know, turns out that to be a Sith. comes down. Yeah. It's, it's this like beautiful flowy thing that it's, it's I just didn't like think of it as a Sith. Yeah. Kids, you know, with something beautiful. It's like handing candy out of the, the van. You know what I mean? <laughs> and you see the eyes. The eyes were what tipped me off. She's got and there the was a red Sith. color to her. There, it wasn't like fully red, but there was like an accent color, right? Yeah, I like it. It had like a red to the it. Yellowish. I did yeah. notice that and thought like, oh, okay. Makes it so much more interesting. Okay. I love this. Yeah, that changes it a bit. So then she, the idea is like she had to kill someone. So she's dealing with that. And then she's like further tempted the idea of leaving her friends behind. And they're all like, they're crying the hardest. Mm -hmm. And she just does it. And she says, I, I forget what the line is, but it's something like, Never look back, right? Or something like yeah, that. Yeah, something like that, yeah. Yeah, never look back. So it's, it's you know, you think of Anakin, like, what have I done? Mm -hmm. But I'm, I'm, I'm already in this far. I have no choice but to go. And she goes off to become a Sith. <laughs> it's brutal. Oh. Okay. That changes that one for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah. That's like even more haunting. Yeah. yeah. It was scary to begin with. And I'm scared of everything <laughs> so that one was great um episode three <laughs> in the stars this is a, again another completely different animation style you, you guys talk on it i won't i won't get into a description here i loved i mean the style being stop motiony very cool from the panel um they did say it's mainly digital 3d with some mm. stop motion to achieve texture and oh, the actual puppets that they used were scanned and then put into 3d software so it's kind of a, a hodgepodge oh, cool. of uh, digital and stop motion nice uh but this one was emotional to me i mean i think anytime you bring in families basically it's you know family they lost their mother to you know her fighting and all this type of stuff um from the panel, also the creator, he's Chilean. So the story reflects a real life Chilean story from the early 1900s. So not that long ago, wow. where colonists killed a lar large part of the inhabitants in Patagonia. And this story reflects like the real life resistance in, in Chile. So, uh, yeah, I mean, visually it was amazing. Um, one odd thing was the, there were snowtroopers, right? I don't know that I've, I haven't seen everything ever in Star Wars, but mm. snowtroopers are snowtroopers, and this was there was no snow to be found. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so that was that was a weird thing to me. No coats, otherwise. Yeah. Either yeah. it's yeah. like not even cold looking. Mm. <laughs> yeah. It's a weird decision then. 
Interesting. Okay, so I have more of a, there's one thing I have to bring up, which, so Gabriel, AKA Star Wars replicas on uh, Instagram hit me yesterday. Cause I posted that this one made me cry right away. Like I just posted uh, whatever Star Wars, uh, the poster that they made. Um, and he was like, do you think that they died at the end? And I was like, wait, what? Mm. No, but they're talking about the mother star being central. And right before it goes to credits, two other stars appear. Oh, oh. yeah. Okay. Right. So I was just like, wow. So once he said that, I watched it again today and I was like, well, there's the two stars that just appear. It's not like they were there. They appeared. So it may, they might not have made it because my original note on this was they were actually, the sisters were faced with the same scenario with the, the walker that yeah. killed the mother, but mm -hmm. they survived. But did they? Interesting. Dude, Very I mean, interesting, right? My, my first question, not question, but kind of like, uh, all right, I'll... I'll I'll just deal with that because it's animation. The sky's cleared up pretty damn fast. Yeah. You know? Because maybe they're dead. <laughs> yeah. So that's <laughs> a metaphor <laughs> quite possibly for just uh, moving on yeah. to the, um, you yeah. know, the afterlife. Yeah, the, that's gnarly. This one reminded me of the, um, the Gendy Tartakovsky Clone Wars episode. I think mm. it was season two. Mm. The one where Anakin goes into the cave with those creatures and he sees all the artwork on the walls. Mm. Yeah. That is like a foreshadowing of him becoming Vader. Yeah. This gave me those same kind of vibes with the little girl and the artwork on the wall, kind of foreshadowing what's going to happen to them. You see the yeah. walker, all of it, and it comes like all of it comes true. And so I instantly thought of that episode from Clone Wars, the yeah, animated cool. Clone Wars, not the big one. I was like, oh, this is kind of cool to get that vibe back again. Yeah, yeah. That's dope. I do like the mixed media too, where, I mean, I think a lot of the drawings on the, on the rock look like chalk. Like I said earlier, yeah. a lot of it's 3d animation, but then there's stop motion in there. Uh, visually very just beautiful. Yeah. Right off, right off the bat. The, I don't know. I don't know what that, that like that paint material is supposed to be specifically, or if it's mm. supposed to be abstract, but the idea that it, it's not, it's not like you manually paint something. It's like you spray it around your hand it's like your your essence your life force does the painting you know yeah really beautiful all right i am your mother episode four this one was like just a a really fun kind of light-hearted yeah. episode it's cute yeah it's, it's very cute, cute but also teaches lessons you know about you know it's a it's a relationship thing between the the mother and the daughter and the thing that every kid goes through being embarrassed by their parents and on some level <laughs> The coolest part about this to me, though, aside from the, the, the Wedge Antilles appearance, was everything in the background was just like a complete cornucopia of Easter eggs. Oh, yeah. There's yeah. so much yeah. little stuff. So it, it was just fun on that level for me. How about a bra? We saw a bra. <laughs> a Star Wars bra. Star Wars. Yeah, a space bra. That's right. Yeah. That's right. But you're right. There were so many, like, the, one of the ships looked just like the Mantis from Fallen Order, mm -hmm. which is top. I mean, all the ships kind of were from something. Yeah, the mother was and, using yeah, a Mando right. helmet as a welding mask. That's dope. There was a little Death Star, a tiny <laughs> Death, Death Star, Star that fired at one point. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this was really, this is interesting. It gave me the Wallace and Gromit kind of vibes, right? Mm. Yeah. In the style. And a little like Incredibles as well. Yeah, yeah. It was cute. It was also, it was like Turning Red. I don't know if you've seen that Disney movie, mm. Turning Red, but it's a very similar yeah, yeah. story of the kid being embarrassed by the parents. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it was It was just a fun, this was a fun, like a, a palate cleanser right in the middle of the season. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The, the creator of it definitely 
had a nod to the Incredibles in the, in the head uh, or in the hair of Edna Node mode, sure. which is Edith head. Mm. Um, there was a do it by the mom, <laughs> yeah, uh, which is great. I love this one line from Wedge, which is kind of, he's not even on screen when he's saying it. I think they're about to start the race and he's like, and remember, it's just a bit of fun, everybody. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know. That's, that's just, we need that to be directly under every Star Wars, everything. Yes. Remember, it's just a bit of fun, everyone. Thanks for the meta reminder. (laughs) From the panel, I learned that it was all fully stop motion, which is great. And then... The creator also said it was inspired by, uh, I guess they call it sports day in the UK, which is basically just like a field day here um, in <laughs> <Okay>. school. So <laughs> That's so funny to me. Yeah. For some <laughs> sports day. Yeah. So this was the third one in a row, the third episode in a row that I cried. And I put that all in my notes. Just the, at the end where there, it's the very ending where uh, I guess the daughter says... What I forgot exactly how she says it, but the daughter says something about the mother being embarrassing, and she's like, "I am embarrassing because I'm your mother," or something like that. It's very last line. Well, I am your mother. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah. I loved it. Yeah, it was sweet. Next one, episode five, "Journey to the Dark Head." This is a hilarious title to me for some reason. <laughs> this is the most straight up anime mm-hmm. of all of them, like yeah. visually, oh, yeah. I think. Yeah. And it follows that like very Star Wars, very classic Star Wars storytelling vibe. You know, we're talking about Jedi here, going to the council, Jedi robes, everything looks, I mean, it just looks like they took, you know, like an, mm-hmm. an untold story from Star Wars and made it an anime. Yeah. And it's got that classic, you know, light, dark duality, yet there's yeah. a little bit in, in all of us kind of thing. And it's about the balance. And then visually, you know, aside from the anime looking very awesome for anime like the scale of those statues and everything that god it was just completely beautiful to me that that was something that i thought like this was probably my least favorite episode i still think it was great but i think it has like the best visuals of things i would like to see in live action yes you know like there was a lot of moments where i was like that would look cool if it was you know episode 10 (laughs) you know um, right i'm watching it in a theater especially those big statues the way there was blue and red coming through as they were fighting like through the ground uh there's a lot of cool stuff and the ring all the way at the top Mm -hmm. like very cool like this the stupid like science part of my brain was thinking Mm -hmm. about the engineering of it like how would you build that (laughs) yeah that'd be a lot of scaffolding (laughs) yeah the one thing i learned in the panel too uh is the original the the creator's korean the the original korean voice actors who dub star wars um they use some of the act, same actors who dubbed obi-wan kylo ren and leia oh, in, as supporting actors in this episode so that's tight it's pretty cool in the in the actual korean um language yeah. version yeah nice oh wow that's dope dano do you have a point on this you were gonna well, this one felt like I, I agree with Nick on this one was my least favorite. It was really good, but it was it seemed like after the palate cleanser of the last one, they were like, OK, now we're going to give you a little more traditional Star Wars because, mm-hmm. they, you know, they're kind of all over the place. And so this was the middle of it starting again, like, all right, we're back to regular Star Wars and then we're going to get weird again kind of throughout the end. So really, that was it. It was just kind of a basic coming back to form, reminding us of where we are before we get into the next ones. I actually really liked this one. Yeah, I, I think, I think it, was it was... It was good, yeah, it was really good. I, I mean, 
I know you guys aren't suggesting that you didn't like it, but <laughs> just by its, its ranking, but the visuals and like sort of the lesson at the top and the twist of her getting to one end and then realizing what the hell, yeah, you know, looking across yeah. at the other one as the colors were changing, mm-hmm. I just thought it was, was really, really good stuff. Yeah, that, that one is towards the top for me, actually. Uh, Spy Dancer, episode six. This was, this was an unexpected higher ranking episode yeah. for me as well. Banger. Because at first the animation, you know, it's very like just a lot of shapes and like mm-hmm. loose. It's crude in some ways. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and they're just indicating certain shapes by doing it very minimally stylistically kind of thing. And it's mm-hmm. more about the the like the flowing lines of the of the uh of the cloth and things like mm-hmm. that it's more kind of whimsical in that way yeah and at first i was like i don't know if i can get on board with this either <laughs> but by the end <laughs> same thing as the beginning as you know as episode one i was so fully into it and and like hoping and guessing that it was going to turn out the way it actually turned out yeah so this one actually i have in my notes that it's my favorite story of all of them nice. uh at the panel, the creator said that the inspiration of the story is from France, uh, World War Two. Uh, I guess it is in France, um, where there are dancers performing for soldiers, like occupying forces, and they would go to shows, and the dancers would gather information from the conversations amongst the soldiers. So I was like, oh, my God. That, oh, and yeah. then give the information to the French resistance. Like, oh, my God, that's so cool. Like, such a good... You know, you, I guess you can't necessarily like make a movie out of that, but it's definitely a scene in a movie that would be amazing. Um, and earlier on when we were talking about like the bad guys always just being white dudes, mm-hmm. I thought it was really interesting to see because we know that. We know that the Empire is usually just like British sounding white people, right? Yeah. So when you were trying to figure out if that imperial was her son or not Mm -hmm. he's wearing a cap the whole time and you're like yeah "Ah." and then at the end you see that his horns have been removed yeah to make him Mm. you know brutal fit in a little bit more and then immediately this is the only when the credits hit i was like this is the one story i think out of every visions season one or two that i want to follow up i want yeah i want a second episode (laughs) yeah it'll be interesting to see if they do that with i mean it in theory they could keep this series going for a dozen seasons. Yeah. It'd be cool to yeah. revisit some of these, you know. Star Wars dance fighting. Yeah. <laughs> we got dance fighting. Yeah. <laughs> it was very, there's like, you know, some crouching tiger, hidden dragon kind of stuff yeah. going on in there. Yeah, it was kind of, it was cool. It was smooth. It was very like smooth and just. I do wonder, this is pure speculation. In the panel, the creator jokingly was like, I couldn't do another lightsaber duel because someone else did a bunch of them. <laughs> you know, he said something along those lines. So I wonder if there was some some input there to be like, hey, there's already like several lightsaber duels. Whatever your action is, don't involve a lightsaber. And then they had to get creative with it. Yeah. Yeah, because there's that weird arm thing, right? Like a weird, yeah, yeah like Baraka from Mortal Kombat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, episode seven, The Bandits of Golok. This is the the one we referenced earlier about the... um. Was it the Indian uh, mythology demon? Yeah. Mm-hmm. As the Inquisitor? Yep. I thought this one was incredible. I mentioned it at the top. The style was like really interesting to watch because it, it was the closest to something like Clone Wars in terms of the fidelity yep. of yep. of the Looks animation. But Wars. there yeah. was something different about it. I don't know if the frame rate was different. 
it could have been like, I was wondering, and this is like inside baseball film crap, but in the UK and Europe, like anywhere that has 220 electricity, the standard frame rate on TV until we all switched to, you know, flat screens was 25 frames a second. Whereas in the United States, it's 30. So that's why when you watch a show from the BBC, if you're from somewhere like the US, it looks a little weird and different because the frame rate's just slightly different. Mm -hmm. So I wondered if like, I don't know what it is in India, you know, that's a most mm -hmm. like a primarily British colonized country, mm -hmm. right? Like the yeah. majority of, of European influence is directly from Britain. There's a bunch of leftover stuff. Like, is it 220 there? Is 25 frames a second the standard there? I don't know. And did they do it in that? No, you know what I'm saying? Know. Did you see like the different, like the smoothness was a little? To me, I didn't notice the smoothness. I did automatically think Clone Wars, but it just seemed like to put it so my brain could make sense of it. It's like as if there was a Clone Wars AI <laughs> search bar yeah. and somebody else wrote the story and they were just, it was just slightly different because it's clearly the most Clone Wars-y animation style that I've seen in Visions, maybe just anywhere really. I don't see a lot of Clone Wars animation style. It just seemed like someone else was in charge of animation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, with Somehow. a slightly different skill set because yeah, like exactly. there's a lot of dust and mm -hmm. that dust look really smooth and there's like cloudiness to it. Mm -hmm. But again, like the brush strokes you see in like Ahsoka's face in Clone Wars, you can see them in the face and in the textures. Yeah. On here, they're much smoother. It's yeah. not really in their face. It's in the cloth. You can see it in the cloth in their heads. And I've got it pulled up right now just to like double check and see. You can see it in the cloth, but you can't see it in the skin. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's very similar, but it's a lot smoother. And it does have that kind of faster animation feel. Like you're saying, that might be fewer mm -hmm. frames per second that are doing it, but it's gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. We get more aliens. Uh, this is probably the most polished episode mm -hmm. out of them all. Yeah. Where the last one was the least polished yeah. as far as animation goes. Did you notice, um, speaking of aliens, the I'm pretty sure, because I don't think we've seen one animated. We've only seen live action in Rise of Skywalker. But the on the train, the alien that was selling the candy was an Akiyaki, I'm pretty sure. Oh, yeah. Like from Masana. That's, yeah, I thought so, that too. Yeah. That was cool. I don't think we've seen one animated yet. No, that was, that cool. was tight. There, there were a bunch of aliens in mm -hmm. this, in that train specifically, a bunch of yeah. a cool, you know, cool, deep little cuts to check out. Mm -hmm. There could also be a thing, uh, sorry, I'm stuck on this animation thing. It could be a shutter <laughs> speed thing too, because, yeah. you know, in animation, you, you can simulate shutter speed as well. Mm -hmm. Anim animation, including like every bit of CG that goes into every live action movie too. Mm -hmm. You know, you simulate those things if they're not filmed. Yeah. So interesting ways to do it. It's just, it's really cool to see something that is this high fidelity like Clone Wars, but still has a different style. So it goes mm -hmm. to show that there isn't just like one lane that you can be in when it comes to yeah. really high end animation. Like you look mm -hmm. at a Pixar yeah. film, some frames look like photo real. And then somebody walks in with a big goofy shaped head and it's <laughs> yeah. like, you know, so there are yeah. all these different kind of ways to do it. And I thought this not only had its own lane, but also seemed heavily influenced by you know, the culture of yeah. the folks who were involved. Yeah. It was in the, in the panel, the, the creator mentioned that this was, it was supposed to feel like Indiana Jones meets Sholay, which is a classic Bollywood film. Mm -hmm. um, and then just the obvious inspiration from colors, food, language, music, all like pillars of Indian culture, which is great. And then this is the second instance that we see someone leave at the end to become this time, at least a Jedi. Yeah, you would hope. <laughs> yeah. So then is that, 
are we to assume that that is someone uh, working with the path? You know, in, Inquisitor yeah. era. Could be, yeah. yeah. I'm into yeah, that. When that hmm. old, the old lady Jedi just rips apart those sabers, her yeah. cane or whatever it was. I think that's the only like audible thing when watching all nine of these episodes like crying is one thing but when she ripped apart and had sabers i was just like yeah <laughs> yes <laughs> all right um episode eight the pit is of course the story of a young musician who um has he, he had a bad breakup he went through a series of bad experiences and ended up living <clears throat> in a pit across the street from his ex-girlfriend's house <laughs> um, but later i think you watched something different wrote a song about it and uh <laughs> started a new relationship and they got married and they lived happily ever after. <laughs> that young man's name was Andy Dwyer and the song goes like this. <laughs> it is a classic. <laughs> I wasn't in the pit. You were in the pit. I'm on the lighter right now. <laughs> you were in the pit. <laughs> That's enough of that. It's great. <laughs> That's all I could think of when That's I saw great. the title. Just <laughs> I did not think about it until you did that. And good work. That was amazing. Parks and Rec, one of the best comedies of all time. Yep. So um, for real, actually, this is like talking about forced labor and all that kind of stuff. These people digging for Kyber. Mm -hmm. The Empire has them there digging down at what ends up being like 100 feet, I guess. They dig themselves to their death, essentially. Mm -hmm. And they have to, yeah. you know, one of them climbs out Jeez. and it's... It, the whole thing is just really, really brutal. The despair. That's all I thought like, yeah. when yeah. they're like, hey, you're done. Later, I was just like, oh, that's dark. Oh, my God. Yeah. And those time lapses. They yeah, would show. yeah. Mm -hmm. that's so cool. There was a good line um, from the panel, the, the director uh, or creator, Leandre Thomas. Uh, he said, just overall, the feeling of the world pushing you down into a pit while others ascend higher. Because yeah. they, they did mention, you know, I think a lot of this story was written during a lot of like social unrest during the pandemic and, and things like that. So I think this is the most like socially conscious one of just, yeah. you know, people building themselves up on the backs of other people. And it being a primarily black cast, mm -hmm. you know, and an actor from something like Hamilton being, you know, like at yeah. the center of it, it's, it's on the nose, but I'm on board. Mm-hmm. I'm here for it, the whole thing. So, Leandre did also mention, again, there's a lot of Lucasfilm connections with, with this episode in particular. Uh, he did say early on in the production, he talked to Filoni a bunch. Nice. So, oh, okay. Nice. Couldn't really tell, but, you know, there's just <laughs> there as a resource. <laughs> Dude, how brutal was it when he actually showed up at the city and it was just pure, clean, like crystalline yeah. everywhere? Mm -hmm. And just the idea of like getting lost in that. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know. Yeah, that scene in general is just also, again, a social conscious type of thing where normal people... So I watched it with subtitles today, and one of the subtitles of a patron, like a citizen walking in the city, when he finally gets everyone's attention to listen to him, mm -hmm. one of the, the subtitles says, how have we not heard about this? And yeah. there were a lot of, just oh. a lot of disbelief because the empire is probably misinformation you know, central sure. where they're like, you have this beautiful city because of the empire we built this. So it's just kind of not reporting the actual facts. And, uh, yeah, I think that that was also like kind of this grumbling from the crowd that would be, I mean, that's basically the, the internet during a lot of 
COVID and, and social unrest where it's just like, how have I not heard about this? How have I not heard about what's going on in Iran because it's not on TV, you know? It's like just not all news is on the news because of money and politics. So yeah, this this episode was was the heaviest one, I think. Yeah, brutal. But every Star Wars, like it's Star Wars, so we need that story of the uprising, right? Mm-hmm. We need that. So they're kind of like checking the boxes on, yeah. on this series of like we did the Jedi ones. Here's a story of the rebellion uprising. So I think it was a good one. Those troopers just threw that dude down and he died. You know, like no one had the force necessarily to stop him. That was that was brutal. So on the on the visuals, the, the troopers looked weird to me. Mm-hmm. For sure. I liked them, but they had like a weird, I don't know, there's something about them that was like really different. Yeah. Uh, I can't quite place what it is, but like there's something in the shading. I was yeah. like, oh, they look funky. And this is the one episode that had a post credit scene. Because there was like this unfinished. I don't thought, think I caught kind that. Of. There was this. There was, someone was spray painting or painting a rock before they got out of the pit, and they don't show what it is. And I was like, "Oh, that was weird." And then the post credit scene is them showing what's on the rock. Interesting. Oh, there we go. Yeah, I I wonder why they put that post credits. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. As it was happening, but uh, it's cool nonetheless. And uh, episode nine, last one, Aou's song is that the Aou. pronunciation? Oh. This one is fully CG as far as I can tell, right? But it has like this fabric texture to everything. Like mm-hmm. these are all like sewn dolls yeah. in a way. They had uh, at the panel, one of the, there's two creators. She had, uh, it might be stop motion the same way we talked about it earlier where like they, they made it. They made it and scanned it. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. She also said that they used for a lot of the Foley, a lot of just human voices. Uh, mm-hmm. for for vehicles and stuff like that. So if you uh, do watch it again, keep an ear out for that. This one, I'm going to ha- have to admit, I was like struggling to stay awake because I was finishing <laughs> these all last night. Yeah. But I thought it was beautiful. It was another one. I, I kept having this thing where, you know, I'd start it and I'd, I was wondering if the animation style was going to take me out of it and mm-hmm. then I would get sucked in. This one, the most, because they looked like, little plush dolls yeah. i was like yeah it was like felt oh, am I gonna, yeah yeah like am i gonna get on board you know with the mouth you know just yeah. being like it looks like two pieces of of thread or whatever mm-hmm. but i thought it was amazing and you know the idea that the power that someone doesn't know they have in them kind of thing mm-hmm. being unlocked in a moment of like desperation or you know it's 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 a coming of age moment I just thought I thought it was beautiful. Again, at the end, yeah. something that I I would never expect to watch a thing with these like little plush dolls and be mm-hmm. choked up at the end. Yeah, I think the musically, I think the the tone of it, it being a child singing, the actual melody, I think was done absolutely perfectly. Like just that alone emotes feeling. You know, it also seems like kind of Little Mermaid ish to me. Like the actual song. Mm. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. Dude, yeah. I was hearing Halo. Yeah. I don't know. Halo oh. from Beyonce? <laughs> <laughs> the game? Yep. <laughs> Beyonce's one of my favorite game developers. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like the first three notes are the Halo theme, I think. Hmm. Am I the okay. only one? Anyone else in the chat? In the Discord chat. Patrons, Discord. I know you're enjoying YouTube for the first time, but <laughs> hit us up in the Discord. What are you doing? But this was also. Number three of that, I dare I call it a trope in this season of uh, someone leaving yep. to pursue being uh, a force wielder. So was the idea, you know, because, again, because these, these aren't canon, was the look of that Jedi like a Jedi in hiding 
or is this just a whole different take on what a Jedi looks like in this, this universe? Hmm. What'd you guys feel? I thought it was just the style. It was, yeah. it wasn't specifically tied to anything Jedi. It was just the style of this particular episode is yeah. what that was. It just reflected their, I'm not sure where this one comes from geographically, but I felt like it just reflected the culture uh, of whoever created it. This was South Africa. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I think that, that kind of tracks. Just because the colors, the way they, like, mm-hmm. this is one of the brighter episodes this season. Yeah. Um, just a lot of color, like the teals in their skin, like that kind of stuff, or fur, rather. Um, that whole look with the hat and everything on it, on that Jedi, it just, I think that was just the culture coming out. Mm-hmm. Which I'm here for. Yeah. Yeah. It was yeah, cool, yeah. you know? I liked it more. I think this was probably, like, my second least favorite, but I think they're all, I'm talking about the scale is, like, 8.5 to 10. This, this yeah. season yeah. like the worst one is still an 8.5 yeah not that there wasn't anything not that there was anything in season one that i didn't like but this is definitely a level up my favorite thing in season one was your least favorite thing the, the punk rock song i'm just weird <laughs> about music and movies <laughs> oh you, you really yeah. like star waiver oh, i loved it yeah i loved it too <laughs> I, I love star waver is there a full song we could like play at mosh Eisley? i don't even yeah. know oh yeah it's in our playlist yeah. okay good there you go yeah. Speaking of Dano, I know you're just so pumped that Gaia's album is out. Oh my God. I can't stop listening to it. It's so good. And there's like four new tracks they put on there too. Oh wow. And like, they're kind of like, I don't know, techno-y, whatever, dancey, but which normally isn't my jam, but mm-hmm. that last track on that album, I can't, I don't know. I love it. I love it all. I'm here for it. Gaia, for anyone else, anyone who's listening, who doesn't know who we're talking about, Gaia's uh, a character in the Star Cruiser story that you experience yeah. in real life mm-hmm. in front of your face if you go on the Galactic Star Cruiser. A Twi'lek rock star queen. She's a diva. She's just there singing to you at dinner. You can get her autograph. You can get a selfie. It's good. For those on YouTube, check this out. I have her poster, the large poster from Celebration, but I just got it autographed on Star Cruiser from her. That it's just a nice. little stamp. You can barely see it, but it's like, it's somewhere in there. You can see the reflection of the little shield uh, thing right in the middle of her. That's cool. There's gold there. It's dope. I got to get a frame for that. I could talk about this guy album for a minute. Um, <laughs> Do a whole episode on it. Two-parter. Yeah. It's just so sick that they, sorry, I just have to for a second. It's like, it's time to go back to that early 2000s, like Christina Aguilera, Beyonce, kind of like yes. diva pop. <laughs> yeah. And they, it's perfect timing. They fully went for it and it slaps, mm-hmm. but it sounds modern too. It's good. It, yeah. And you know what I noticed? Like, so for the longest time, the last year, the only recordings I've really had of it were my own from our mm-hmm. first trip to Star Cruiser. Yeah. And just hearing the audio quality on this and just there's so many more little things going on in all the music. It's yeah. the same track that was in mm-hmm. that we witnessed when we were there. Yeah. But to actually hear it clearer changes these songs for me. Yeah. Completely changes what I heard before. And I'm mm-hmm. um, just loved. I, it was on repeat all day yesterday. Like, I listened As to it, it probably be. like 20 times in a row yesterday. You got to get it on that Spotify wrapped. Your number one artist, Gaia. (laughs) (laughs) So wait, Dano, is that that poster's from Celebration? You had someone send it to you and then you brought it to Star Cruiser? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Sonfield had picked picked some up and he he was there. So he brought that over. I love that. I was like, oh, perfect timing. All right, uh, let's start wrapping it up. We're going to do I Love You, I Know. Hey, everyone. We want to take a moment to tell you about the sponsor of this podcast, Roosevelt's. You may know Roosevelt as the company who makes those rad all over print button downs with just about every franchise that you love. 
they of course have Star Wars, because this is a Star Wars podcast, but they also have Harry Potter, Disney, Pixar, Marvel, NASA, WWE, The Office, Nickelodeon, Rick and Morty, Friends, all kinds of other stuff, including new lines from Yellowstone and The Godfather. And not just button-downs, but t-shirts. They do shorts, jackets, hoodies, koozies, flannels, so many different kinds of items, so many dope designs. So if you're interested in picking something up for the first time, go to rsvlts.com and use promo code THANKTHEMAKER with no spaces to get 20% off your first purchase. Once again, that's rsvlts.com. Use promo code THANKTHEMAKER to get 20% off of your first purchase. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I love you. I know. We sent out a poll to the patrons for a favorite episode. And the patrons now include everyone who's moved to one of the new Patreon tiers, which we just launched on May the 4th. We're still in transition. So if you're listening right now and you're a patron and you're on one of the old tiers, we're going to move away from those. We're going to shut those down at some point in terms of the benefits for those. We're not going to do it overnight. We'll give you some time. We'll let you know when the clock starts ticking. But we prefer you move to one of the new tiers. You're going to get more for what you spend at any level. We're pretty stoked on it. People seem to be stoked on it as well. So please do that. Nick, do you want to read some comments from the patrons before we read the results of the poll? I do. Uh, Logan Foy says Sith was just absolutely beautiful. The animation style matched the story and the impact it made all jammed into one short episode. I thought it was brilliantly done and thought it was a perfect season two opener. A lot of love for the Sith. Catalina says in the stars, hands down. Don't know if any of you guys know this already, but this episode was written and directed by Chilean uh, director Gabriel Osorio. He based the episode on Selk Nam tribe genocide, which I sort of mentioned earlier. Uh, they were even wearing traditional clothing and headdresses. The drawings on the rock were also exact copies of other tribal costumes. She just goes on to say that it blew her mind and uh, to see a tribe from my tiny little home country fighting an ATSD and they cried, ugly cried the entire time. So that's good. It's a little bit more insight. Beautiful. S13 Danny says journey to the dark head hands down. There's darkness, light in all of us. One cannot exist without the other. They flow as one. Pretty cool. I'm with you. Not officially. That's not my official vote. Don't get ahead of yourself. <laughs> S13 Danny. <laughs> all right, Dano, I know you hate to pick a favorite. Yes. But um, I don't know why, but I'm very proud when everyone, whenever someone knows that. Okay, just so I got to pick one. Pick one that I, you really like. I got to pick one that I like the most that I would watch over and over. It's going to be Sith. It's going to be the first one. All right. And yeah, that's it. It was it was beautiful. Like I feel like there's more stuff I can. I could just stare at those brush strokes and the way they. It looks like it's done on a single sheet of paper at times, mm -hmm. and yet it's still moving in 3D space mm -hmm. on what feels like a flat surface. Like it is. It is art. It is in the highest sense art. In every form of the medium, like it's so, it's really cool. And I, I do need to, I only got to re, I only got to watch it once because I did it 
right before you asked me to be on this. I was like, oh, shoot, let me cram through these. Uh, and that's one I think I'm going to be going back to over and over. Nice. Nick, how about you? Uh, to recap, my favorite episode that I want to see elements of it in live action is Darkhead one. My favorite story that I want to see a follow-up to was Spy Dancer, but my favorite episode was The Bandits of Golok. Nice. Yeah. That's something that I would love to see in live action as well, like the, or a leaning into that aesthetic and that like cultural yeah. reference. I think just Indian culture in general is beautiful and highly underappreciated in uh, Western culture. I feel like we're getting there, you yeah. know, even if it starts with, you know, like Japanese culture, you know, mm -hmm via anime yeah if it's via bollywood i feel like we're on that path maybe mm -hmm. yeah getting some love i have uh nick like you like a few different favorites for different reasons i would love to see something like episode one sith in live action where a former sith you know story's completely centered around a former sith they're the the protagonist and there's there's a, a light dark thing there's like sort of like a gray Jedi kind of vibe, but coming, starting from the dark rather than starting from the light. I think that's awesome. And I love Journey to the Dark Head because even though it was like straight up anime visually, it still really felt like other Star Wars animation to me. Because when you zoom out and you see those big wides, those big landscapes mm -hmm. and the, the scale of the heads and the statues and whatever, it felt like, you know, when Clone Wars is at peak Clone Wars visually, or Rebels is doing the same. It gave me that that same vibe. So I, yeah. I love the love that for that reason. God, and Spider Answer was great too. <laughs> but um it is upon second viewing and learning more about the episode and understanding it more deeply that Screecher's Reach has become my favorite. Haha. -ha. Okay. I think this this I guess it's not necessarily a hot take, but you need to get this your take on it out in the world. I haven't seen anyone say that yet. But it makes sense. I think Alex said it. Yeah, and that changes things. That definitely changes yeah. it. Yeah. It's brutal, man. When you think about <laughs> it, it's, it's not a happy ending at all. So, mm. yeah, that's, that's going to be my favorite. Let's now, since we've read some of the patron comments, let's actually read the results of the poll. They are... They're interesting. Interesting, yeah. Yeah. I thought maybe it would be a landslide. It's not, but it is heavily favoring two. Mm -hmm. And these don't also don't match the, they don't quite match like the IMDB scores, mm -hmm. which to me are crap. It doesn't matter. It's just interesting to, to kind of compare. Our listeners and viewers are little freaks. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Just, just do you. I love it. Like what you like. So third place, we'll go um, bottom up. 12%. In the stars, episode three. Mine says 13%. I think you need to refresh. Oh, well, look at that. Would you look at that? Some host. <laughs> no, it's 12. Maybe you need to refresh, bro. All right, let's see. I'm refreshing, refreshing. Mine says 13. What's going on? Okay, I want to <laughs> recount. <laughs> well, according to my iPad, it's 12% for in the stars. That may be completely wrong. This may be in a, just a giant web of lies. Maybe my laptop rounds up. Yeah. <laughs> and runner-up, second place, 29%, episode five, Journey to the Dark Head. Mm. Unexpected. Yeah. But also not. And the winner, first place, 33%, episode one, Sith. 
There you go. You kind of yeah. could have guessed that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, it does classic Star Wars stuff. It gives it enough of a twist. It's visually beautiful and unexpected. Mm -hmm. Kind of has everything you need for a series like this. Great so way to do start. Do you think, because I assume, so episode one of season one was The Duel? Yes. Yeah. And I feel like that was everyone's favorite. Do you think Lucasfilm is like, this is the one that everyone's going to like, and they're just put it first? Yeah, or at least they know that even if it's not everyone's favorite, it's a banger. Yeah. So put it up top. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's a good way to get people to watch more. If you hit them with some of the top quality content right off the bat, they're more likely yeah. to be like, okay, there's probably more coming. Mm -hmm. Load up side one of the tape with the radio hits. You know <laughs> what I mean? There you go. Yeah. <laughs> All right, everybody, thanks for hanging with us on YouTube. And um, patrons here on Riverside, so the, um, the, the top few tiers can still watch us in this Riverside private thing. We'll probably do, we'll definitely do some after show stuff for those patrons, which is in their benefits for mm. being patrons at that level. So I don't know if we're going to do anything today, but we will do it in the future. And if you want to hang for that, patreon.com slash thankthemakerpod is where you can go to get that and a whole bunch of other stuff. New merch, there's merch at every tier, you know, just a sticker at the bottom one, but got shirts, stickers, merch subscription uh, benefit at the top tier where you get a new shirt every quarter and um, a bunch of new fun things. So patreon.com slash thank the maker pod. Thanks to everyone who's already switched. We appreciate you so much. Thanks for looking up. And even if you're not someone who uses YouTube, sign in, follow us, please. Yes. I know every other YouTuber or social media person has asked you to like and follow and smash and subscribe and <laughs> all the things, but we only annoy you every week to do that because these things matter. They're just the easiest, simplest thing you could do to, to show us some support. Numbers matter in this algorithmic age that we live in. And that's a fact. Force press the subscribe button <laughs> real hard. And if that doesn't work, just really press it. Just yeah, press it with do your both. finger instead. Just cover all your bases. Do both. Does it count if you hit it twice? I don't know. Maybe not. You unsubscribe. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so hit it second time. Just once. Hit it real hard. Hit it an odd number. <laughs> there you go. Preferably one. Uh, Dano, thanks for hanging. Do you have anything coming up stream-wise or fun stuff on YouTube you want to shout out? Uh, stream stuff every Tuesday night at 11 o'clock Pacific. I'll be watching something. Um, other than that, I'll have some Galactic Star Cruiser content coming because we just got back from a week-long trip to Disney World with your podcast brethren slash sister and uh, princess and scoundrel. So there's a lot of content coming with them. Um, and of course, Mosh Isley San Diego yep. in two months. Can you believe it? It's coming up so quick. So guys, Dude, get, get your tickets, out. get those tickets. MoshIsley.com. You can get tickets there. Yeah. Merch bundles, we should say this, are not going to be available forever. We're going to have to cut those off. The end of this month, I would say, right? End of the month. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so you get till the end of May, get those merch bundles in, give us time to get them ordered just for you and have them ready for July. But if you've been on the fence, you got, what, about three weeks? Yeah, clock's ticking. Yeah. And thank you to everyone uh, who came out to uh, LA Galaxy Mosh Isley. It was something we did with about five days notice. And uh, <laughs> if there that. were a lot of people who were in the Southern California area who uh, obviously we did the first Mosh Isley at Star Wars Celebration last year. So there's a lot of OG people who live in the area who came out kind of last minute. And uh, it was cool. It was a different, like a little intimate vibe, but it was something. Go to the Mosh Isley Instagram and, and look at me, Mike and Adam on the field dressed up as Star Wars people and Mosh Isley people. It's something really cool we'll have some highlights uh highlight video and photos uh coming up so make sure you follow us uh mosh isley 
do it. Follow us on all the socials. It's all in the show notes. Find it there. I won't list it all off. Patrons, thanks for being here with us in the chat. Everyone, thanks for watching live on the internet, on YouTube, doing new things. And until next week, may the force be with you. If you enjoy Thank the Maker, you can support us by following and leaving a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Or you can support us directly at patreon.com slash thankthemakerpod, where you can get access to our Discord server, exclusive content, exclusive merch, our recording live stream, and more. Our patrons quite literally make Thank the Maker possible.